R.C. Davis here for Warriors.com with Ryan Blake, NBA Director of Scouting. Ryan, we do this every year with you. How are you? I'm doing good. I appreciate you having me on. This year's draft is filled with guys from smaller schools, international players, outliers, you know, so to speak. One of the more unique drafts we've seen. You know, listen, this is one of the deeper drafts that we've had in a while. I mean, the last two years we've had deep drafts, but at the end of the night, next Thursday, the 60th pick will be called, and there will be several of each team's employees will be calling agents to get those guys that were not picked on summer league teams. I mean, that is a deep. And it's not just in one position. Uh, I mean, it's deep in every position out there. There was a max exodus the other day, like 18 or so early entrants withdrew their name. Why, why was that? Well, they're international guys. And they have a little bit of advantage in terms of um, a lot of them like to just – advertise their names um they weren't going to get picked and they can actually you know put their names in a couple uh, i think it's one more time than the uh, college guys you know a college kid can only withdraw once whereas an international guy can withdraw twice so it's sometimes it's just an advertising flyer uh, and even with the internationals this year, I mean, I think we have a strong group of international players, stronger than what we've had in the recent years, but in, not in terms of being up there in the lottery. Uh, I think some of these guys that have kept their names in the draft are going to be picked on the lower portion. Uh, all of them have contracts already. So you're going to have guys, I think teams that are down there like San Antonio or Oklahoma City, will be considering those if the rosters are filled and uh, they don't need to bring them in right away. Because, again, you only have to offer a guy a minimum, but you don't have to offer them anything, especially if they're under contract. And, you know, we had the kid Dario Saric that pulled his name out of the draft as well, and he was highly regarded, but... Again, I don't. I think what he felt was he wasn't going to get drafted high. Mm-hmm. So uh, I think that's why he pulled his name out of the draft. I, I asked this of someone the other day. There's this, for whatever reason, there's this perceived lack of talent in the draft. But like you just said, it's a deep draft. Don't you kind of have to look at this draft in a vacuum? Well, it's you know lack of talent. No, I mean I think you go down the line and. You know, we we always use that cliche, beauty in the eye of the beholder, but this is what we're going to get because there's going to be so many guys that you go, wow, I, I, you and I can sit here and we can argue about players right. and we will not be wrong. Right. You know, neither one of us. And it's tough. You get guys that are going to be in the, you know, in the war rooms and they're going to be, hey, you know, we got to figure out the pieces of the puzzle here, the pie, and figure out which guy that we can all come to agreement with. And when you look at our centers, our big men, I wouldn't just say centers, but our big men, we have a lot of quality players, guys that could turn out to be really, really good and play in the league for many, many years. Will they become franchise players? We don't know. But even if you get a guy that plays for a number of years down there in the mid, doesn't matter, wherever in this draft, you still get them at an economic rate. So it's still... For these bigs and the rest of the players, it's a deep draft. Speaking of that deep draft, let's go down some of the names. There's lots of juniors, sons of famous ballers. There's Phil Pressey, son of Paul, Tim Hardaway Jr., Glenn Rice Jr., Shane Larkin, son of the former baseball MVP Barry Larkin. Uh, let's start with Phil Pressey. What kind of game does he have out of Missouri? You know, I think, you know, Phil, coming up this year, 
you know, he he you know he struggled a little bit, but I love his mentality towards the game. Okay, you know, he's a he's a quick, active point guard. Uh, sometimes, you know, he takes a lot of risks, um, and then sometimes he you know he's well within the mode of, of running a team. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit with the shooting at times this year, but he's a guy that you know is, is on everybody's radar. He competed well at our combine. Uh, how about Tim Hardaway Jr.? Well, Tim, you know, Tim had a, a good year. He's got great size uh, at six six. You know, playing playing, um, you know, at the two guard. Uh, you know, he's a scorer. He's got athleticism. Uh, he worked hard at last year uh, to improve. You know, his, his three point shooting. You know, he knocked knocked down thirty seven percent of his threes. Uh, shot over five attempts per game. You know, good energy intensity. Uh, we wonder about his foot speed. Uh, you know, does he have that quick first step? Um, you know, his mid-range game may need improvement, but he has that ability to excel. Shane Larkin, son of baseball player Barry Larkin, out of Miami. A lot of guys like him. Well, Shane, you know, this was interesting. I, I, Shane struggled this year of declaring. You know, and we thought, okay, well. We love what he did this year. You know, a complete competitor, a floor general, a quarterback on the team. He's 5'11", okay? And that's not a big deal. But, you know, we didn't really see some of the stuff, if you compare him to something like a Isaiah Thomas from Sacramento or someone like that. They're just a different player. And then he came up, and he absolutely tore up the testing. I mean, he tested the highest, his speed, his agility, his – um, is jumping everything, and I thought, okay, well, that's a big difference. Let's take a little bit look closer. So we went into and used a program called Vantage. Okay, um, tell us about that. Vantage is is a is a thing uh, advanced analytics, and he really rocked that part of it. You know, from everything from a point guard standpoint, and I think that if using that and the team see this, you know, you're going to have a lot of interest in the in the in the mid first round. Obviously, you among many people, analytics has uh, come up lately as a, as a strong topic of conversation and, a, and, a, and an area where a lot of basketball teams have hired people. At the Combine is where these things all come to fruition. Ricky Gobert from France had something like a 9-7 reach. I mean, that's like ungodly, right? Yeah. Yeah, that 7-9 reach, which is, you know, it's 7-2. Or 9-7, yeah. It's well. 7-6. You know, it's just sick, you know. <laughs> and I think on that, you know, if you're 7-4 and breathing, you're a prospect. And even though he's, you know, he's not ready to compete against NBA players right now, he still has an upside. He still has experience playing in, you know, the highest league over there. Uh, he's not gaining a, a tremendous amount of minutes, uh, but he is getting enough to where you can see that progression. He's not able to compete um, and, and really with his strength and his offensive game is, you know, is still in the process, let's sure. say, but, uh, defensively with that length, he's got great instincts. Um, you know, he knows where to position himself, space and so forth, but it is a different game. I think for him, he's going to be a guy that's going to be stored. Gotcha. Glenn Rice Jr. Unique story, uh, left Georgia tech under some, you know, depending on who you believe, uh, kicked off or left. Then he signed with Rio Grande of the D-League and did a very solid job. 
You know what he did? You know, I think he enjoyed school a little bit too much, <laughs> and he became a professional. You know, and finally it was like, okay, here's here's what you got. Right. You know, this is it. You know, your back's up against the wall. It's time to be time to grow up. Mm-hmm. And he has said that. And what he did is, you know, he came to the D League, and for most of the year, a little over half of the year, he wasn't he wasn't playing much, and he wasn't starting. Then he came in and helped his team win the championship and was absolutely play you know he earned he earned his minutes defensively gained the confidence as a go-to guy performed and kept that confidence and that's important because things can change he got in great shape and you know a guy like a guy like Glenn Rice who's 66 and, and and plays a shooting guard that's important you know he's he is talented and he can be aggressive and he can shoot the NBA 3 and he got to play in the D League, which is important because the D League is the most scouted professional league in the world where you're you're with NBA teams, coaches, uh, trainers, NBA system, and so forth. So there is a little advantage there that he got to take advantage of uh, and had the opportunity to. A lot of people get into the D League. That doesn't mean that they're going to take the opportunity to do it, and he did it professionally. That name you hear is Ryan Blake, NBA Director of Scouting. Just a few more questions. The name I keep hearing is Tony Snell out of New Mexico. They say he's kind of a Kawhi Leonard type or could be big hands, athletic. Yeah, it's 6'7", 200 pounds, uh, you know, and, and 200 pounds, that's a thin 200 pounds. But he's a wiry, strong kind of guy. You know, he, he's got this really good stroke. You know, he didn't shoot the ball extremely well this year. Um but he's 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 very sneaky. He's a good passer. He's a um, very versatile player. Um, you know, he's a guy that can can really get to the line. He can do many things. He's he's got the length where he can defend. You know these uh, you know the smaller guys out you know out there on the wing. But he's also got the lateral quickness to do that as well. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that with that type of profile. And ability and skill set, you could see him turning into something better. And and with that size, and you know when he came to the combine, you know you saw that you go, all right, this guy is, you know, he's got a great motor. Um, you'd like to see him in a five on five instead of just individual workouts, which we did get to see during the season. But when you're surrounded by better talent uh, against and with, I think he's got, he's a guy that's going to be able to perform. He's going to earn that first defensively. Gonzaga's Kelly Olenek, taller than his wingspan, they say, kind of a, a T-Rex Kevin Willis type. Will that hurt him despite being so fluid for a big man? Kevin Willis had size 10 shoes. <laughs> How do you figure that? Okay, He had small hands, right? but Kelly Olenek, I mean, he's a guy that's just got a great motor. He's a sort of a hybrid center because he's a guy that's just, he's got a great motor, he's got great agility. He's got great instincts, but he's not your prototypical back-to-the-basket center. Um, he's a guy that's going to beat his opponent down the court. He's a guy that's going to be able to do great in transition. He's going to have to get stronger, but he's he's got that feistiness, you know, that uh, competitiveness that he's going to push himself. And you want that. You know, he's, he's got that winning mentality. And when teams look at players and you try to uh, try to gauge, you know what's in their heart. He's a guy that you you know that you know he's going to put in everything at hundred percent, and that's important too when you're picking a big man. 
And in, in our game, where we do not have just five positions, we have between 13 and 17 positions, this guy can field, find a way on a team easily for a, a number of minutes, whether it's coming off the bench or eventually filling in. Being here in the Bay Area, I'll ask you about some of our local guys. Let's start with Cal's Alan Crabb, obviously a shooter, but what, what else can he bring a team? You know, at 6'6", 200 pounds, you know, again, you've got one of these shooting guards that is just, he's not only a good shooter, he's a, he's a lethal shooter. You know, he's got that textbook shooting, and you know that he's going to get better. Um, you know, he's got good footwork, and he, you know, he, he elevates on the shots, and, and he's got good vision for passing. So you talk about his versatility. And because of his size, his athleticism, and his length, you know, you know he can be a good on-ball defender out on the perimeter. You know, he's, he's got these physical abilities to, you know, sort of just swarm opposing, you know, opponents. And I think that's important because no matter what you get here in, in the draft, these kids with the upside offensively have to earn minutes defensively. Locally, St. Mary's, Randy Bennett always has his school in the big dance, lots of big names. He's got the Australian pipeline with Patty Mills and others, and his latest guy, Matt Delavadova. Is he worthy of the NBA? You know, it's interesting with him. I like him. And here's a guy that should have showed up at our Portsmouth tournament and because he really shows how to run and how to compete, run a, run an offense, and how to compete. He's so intelligent, and there's always talk about athleticism, uh, agility, all that stuff that people that teams pick on. Um, although he doesn't have that, but neither did Steve Nash. And I'm not comparing the two, but when you have a guy that can hold the dribble, can pass, it has that vision, and can shoot the ball and competes like he does with good size. You know, he's a guy that has got to be, you know, interesting and to bring in to, you know, to camp or to bring in for individual workouts and so forth. Now, I had my fellow employees and interns, and I don't look at mock drafts, and they're saying, well, hey, he's not around in any of the drafts. And I'm like, well, it's a deep draft. But I will tell you that as soon as, if he doesn't get drafted, or there will be a surprise if he doesn't get drafted in the second round that his, he will absolutely be coveted to get into Summer League. He's had the international experience. He's been, had success wherever he's been, and I just don't want him to lose confidence. He made a mistake by not coming to Portsmouth, and hopefully he'll be able to recover from that. Speaking of Portsmouth, Kevin Foster out of Santa Clara, supposedly he did pretty well there at Portsmouth and um, kind of made a name for himself. Is that accurate? Well, Foster, you know, he's, you know, he was scouted quite a bit, you know, through throughout the season, the last two seasons, in fact. You know, he's a strong guard. Uh, you know, he's a scorer. He can defend. Uh, he's a guy that could be a type of guy like, you know, he's a little bit smaller than Jimmy Butler and Wes Matthews, but he's a guy that could possibly, in honing some or improving some, some of his skills, uh, could find a spot on, on a roster. Uh, I like the way that he competes. Uh, teammates rally around him, and, you know, he, was, he had to score. You know, he had to be the, 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 the first option at, at school. And when he was, he 
was able to really show and produce that he was a team guy and make other teammates better. And I think that was important, and that helped him. Final question. Are there any names that you're not reading or you're not hearing that you kind of wonder why? Is it, is it uh, you know, we know the big names, Macklemore and Trey Burke and guys like that, but is there a name that of a guy who's just maybe really under the radar and you really don't know or understand why? Yeah, I've, uh, I've, I've talked to Travis, and uh, I've been telling him that I am a power guard, and uh, <laughs> although I'm a little old and I have a great left-hand and right-hand hook shot, that you know I can be picked up as a free agent. Nice. But uh, Mike Muscala is a guy that I really like. Okay. Uh, he's 6'11", 230, out of Bucknell, highly skilled, can spread the defense, can power inside, rebounds, great instincts. Um, you know, he's a guy that can really help a team. And, again, I don't really look at these drafts, and, and not for a better reason, but, you know, we, we do our own. But I have, you know, my, my employees and my interns, they'll come up to me and say, hey, your guy is nowhere around. But I think we're going to see him around, you know. Because if you're a team, you don't want to advertise someone that you like, you know, you know whether it's a Shumpert, mm-hmm. whether it's a Jimmy Butler, uh, you know, guys that are going to come into the first round, they don't have to be your franchise players. Right. Hey, this was great, Ryan. I, I enjoy this every year, every off season with Brown the Draft time. Ryan Blake, NBA Director of Scouting. Ryan, thanks again. Thank you. You're the best.